there. I'm Jacob Harmon from JMH Media. Welcome to TrustCast. I am intrigued by trust. In fact, I find myself thinking about trust and building trust all the time. Our governments, economies, and even our personal lives are completely built on trust. Think about it. Trust is even at the very soul of our marketing objectives. If a customer trusts us, they're more willing to buy from us. So how do we build trust with customers at scale? Especially when we live in an increasingly digital world where consumers are less trusting than ever. On this podcast, we break through the noise and focus on the ultimate keystone metric that matters. Our primary objective, trust. Hello and welcome back to another episode of TrustCast. I am so happy to be here today. I just love talking about trust and building trust in in business. You guys know that. Um, But I'm especially excited because I have Tony Acosta with me and he is a real estate agent. He's a content marketer and we're really going to dive into content marketing today. But how are you doing today, Tony? I'm doing so well. Thank you so much for having me. Very excited. Well, I'm just happy to be here. I literally, I look forward to jumping on these calls every single week. So I I just have a blast with them. Um, Before we get started, let's hear just a little bit about how you got into the real estate and content marketing space. Sure. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, Again, my name is Tony Acosta. I was born and raised here in Utah and I got into real estate originally back in 2013. I was just a kid. I was 23 years old, uh, but I looked like I was 12. And so getting into an industry where it it seemed to me that most of the people that were successful in real estate were much older than I was, uh, I got to a point where I had to realize, and your, your podcast title is actually perfect because I had to find a way to get people's trust. Mm -hmm. And, you know, especially when we talk about real estate, when you, when you go out to buy a property, you want to attach yourself to someone that has experience. You don't want to go with just a brand new kid. And so it was really hard for me at first to get people to trust me. And so I, I turned to content marketing because I realized that the only thing that I could do was share my knowledge on social media. Mm-hmm. And the more I did that, people kind of started to trust me a little bit more. They started to ask me questions. They started to kind of realize that I was busy, that I was doing all these things. And over time, I kind of started to build that uh, that trust. But uh, first, it was it was tough because I was in a space where – there's a lot of trust required in order for somebody to to select you as their agent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's just so many agents out there too. Like, there's an overabundance of choice, and so especially in those types of markets, like, I, I think of sometimes like a surgeon or something. You don't really have a lot of choice. They just say, "Hey, this yeah. is the guy," and you say, "Okay," like he's going to come right. do surgery. But with a real estate yeah. agent, like. I probably know personally at least five or six real estate agents, and then I've heard of about a hundred more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, the average the average person, I think the stat is the average person knows five different agents personally. Yeah. So it, it it's tough, you know, and it's all about building brand. It's all about trying to get people to to feel comfortable with you and and just building that trust. So my avenue has been content marketing, one hundred percent. It's something that I try to to teach my team, other agents that I coach, because in in this digital era, 
in my opinion, it really is the only way to go. And it's the way that you can reach the most people in the most consistent fashion. And you can, you can get people to, to get to know you without ever meeting them, if you will. Yeah. Uh, so let's dive into to content marketing, specifically in the context of social media for a little bit. What are some of the most important things for people to know that maybe are getting started with content marketing? Yeah, great question. So I, I think one of the first things is you have to buy into it, right? There are a lot of people that, to my surprise, when, when I coach this, they say, oh, well, I don't really use a lot of social media or you know, I'm kind of a private person. I don't like people seeing my kids or my family. And so I think that right off the bat, if you're in that group, uh, you have to see it as a business tool. You have to you know, realize that it's advertising and whether you do it on social or somewhere else, you have to do it. And the same way, if you're someone that's super active on social, see it as a business tool <laughs> and understand that you know, you're going to have to invest a little bit. You're going to have to you know, change it up, maybe going from your personal profile to a business page. And so I think that number one is you, you really have to buy in. Once you buy in, you have to organize yourself. And this is one of the things that uh, I, I try to always talk about is what are you going to put out? Mm-hmm. And I think one of the biggest mistakes that a lot of entrepreneurs make is they get excited for a little bit and they're like, okay, I'm going to do video. So they'll do like three videos, four videos, and then they'll stop. Yeah. Or someone says, I'm going to write a blog. I'm going to do articles or I'm going to start a podcast. And so we get excited for these little, little bits and then we do something really small and then we stop. So I think once, once you get clear on, on what you want to do, then, then you can kind of get started, but that has to come from your skill set. Are you good? Uh, on video, some people are not good on video. Are, yeah. do you have a good, do you have a good radio voice? Are you a good writer? Like, what is your skill set? And based on that skill set, what avenue can you use to share your knowledge? Yeah. And, and coming at this personally for me, like the big reason I chose podcasting is because I'm not a great writer. Like I'll sit down with a blank word document and I just sit there and I'm like, uh, <laughs> I just don't know what to I write, but, but I can for talk, sure. like I, I can sit down and talk with someone for hours. Uh, and so exactly. for me, for me, podcasting was that perfect avenue of just saying, Hey, like this is something I can do. And then I can transcribe a podcast episode and I can throw it up on my website. And it's basically as good as a blog post, but I didn't have to sit there and write all the words. So of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. I th- I think that that's really key is just finding like what's going to work for you and sticking with it. Um, another problem I think a lot of people have is they try to do everything. Like I've seen some people like, oh, I'm going to start a YouTube channel and a podcast and a blog, and, and I'm just like, well, like you're going to burn out a lot faster that way. <laughs> yeah, it definitely can get it. It can get overwhelming because every every platform requires time. Every you know, platform, you got to put out something different, which is another mistake that a lot of entrepreneurs make is they put the exact same piece of content everywhere. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's no, there's no difference in what people are seeing on Facebook, what they're seeing on Instagram or YouTube. But I completely agree with you. If you try to tackle all of the platforms at once, it's very difficult to do, especially by yourself. Yeah. When I first started, I, I was just, you know, making videos in my car for Facebook specifically. I wasn't anywhere else. And so even then I had to do, do some editing. I had to post it. It was very time consuming. And that was just me by myself, one platform, just recording on my phone, like without any post-production, without any equipment, nothing. And even then it was very time consuming. So, uh, eventually I had to hire somebody to, to then help me break up my content to be in all those different spaces. But I, I agree with you a hundred percent. If you try to do everything at once by yourself from the beginning, you're going to burn yourself out. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I know in specifically, I'm mostly going to be talking about the podcasting space just because that's what I do. But I know sure. that, um, a phrase that's commonly used in podcasting is pod fade, um, where you, you start a podcast, you do about 10 episodes, and then all of a sudden you start doing an episode every month instead of every week, and then every couple months, and then all of a sudden you just stop. Um, and I think that's a very, very common thing in content creation because it takes time and it takes work yeah. and it's a long-term investment. It does. Yeah. A thousand percent. That's why I think that you have to buy in and you have mm-hmm. to understand that you're not going to go viral after one video or two videos. It's going to take time and it's going to take effort and it's, it's consistency just like in anything else. If we talk about fitness, if we talk about building a business, you know, whatever you're in, you need consistency and con- your content marketing is no exception. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so I'd like to talk a little bit now about the kind of content that works on the different platforms. We've talked a little bit about how you kind of need to pick at least one to get started and focus on, but you you said you shouldn't use the same thing everywhere. So what are some of the differences between maybe like Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn? What kind of content fits which platforms? Sure. Yeah, of course. Great question. So I I usually break it down into the four main ones. Uh, which is Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Then you have kind of the outside ones, which, you know, TikTok is obviously really, really hot right now. Snapchat <laughs> used to be, it's still there, but not, a lot of people don't really use it that much. But I try to focus kind of on those core four. So Facebook, in my opinion, is, is king. And the reason why Facebook is king is for two reasons. Number one, even though it may not seem like it, it's the biggest platform. Uh, there's a lot of people that, are on Facebook that don't use Facebook. And what I mean by that is they're just lurkers. And you know, they don't post a lot, but they're on it every single day. And so just the data shows that the most the biggest platform is Facebook. And so also Facebook's ad platform is the best of all of them. And so it really allows you to to really break down uh who you're who you're going to be targeting for those ads. And also it's uh, the share button that Facebook has makes it so that your, your content has a shot at going viral versus, for example, YouTube. It's very difficult to go viral on YouTube because you can't share videos on YouTube. So the only way to really go viral on YouTube is either to already have strong virality on another platform that you can take to YouTube, uh, or you, or you have to buy ads, which are very, very expensive. And so Facebook to me is king. Uh, what works on Facebook? Usually shorter video. Uh, Facebook isn't really built for, for, for long form video like YouTube is. So what has worked for me? Uh, videos around five minutes, you know, no longer than 10 minutes. Uh, what, what we found is usually when we're in that sweet spot between three and six minutes, uh, works very, very well. One of the things that, uh, also works on Facebook is having, like the, the titles on top of the videos and having subtitles. So, so that works super well. Um, so Facebook, because of the effectiveness of the ad platform, in my opinion, is probably the best one. You have Instagram, which Instagram is also very good, you know, obviously for, for live video, for stories, for images. It was originally built for images. It's not good for long term, uh, for long form video, even if you use IGTV, because you can't boost, you can't run ads on IGTV. So if you have a video that's more than one minute long, uh, most people are probably not going to see it unless you have a large follower base. Uh, mm-hmm. but Instagram is, is great for engagement. 
Uh, it's the best for engagement because you can talk to other people on their stories. You can put questions on your stories, quizzes and stuff. So it's very interactive. Uh, so I love Instagram for, for that alone. I think it makes it incredibly strong because it's where people just naturally, you can, you can hit them up, you can send them a DM and it's not weird. Uh, and so it's very, very good for, for that engagement kind of having more of a personal touch. If we talk about LinkedIn, LinkedIn is a great platform because right now it, it has what the others don't, which is organic reach. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you don't have to run a ton of ads to reach a lot of people. And people on LinkedIn, they want more connections. So they're always looking to network. It's kind of a different mindset than on Instagram. A lot of people, when you're on Instagram, sometimes you want to show off your stuff or you want to, you know, you want to be funny. You want to do all these different things similar to TikTok. But on LinkedIn, it's very professional. So you're networking. Usually you're going to have a nice headshot. You're not going to have a goofy photo. Um, LinkedIn is very good with articles. Articles work super well on LinkedIn, uh, just organically. And then you have YouTube, which YouTube is great for long form video and anything over 10 minutes. Uh, YouTube loves it because they want you to stay on their platform as long as possible. So I, I usually try to focus on those, on those core four and whichever one kind of, usually I, I tell people start with the one that you use the most and then kind of try to build from there. Right. But, um, mm-hmm. that's, that's usually kind of my thoughts on, on what the uh, platforms are. Thank you. Yeah, that that's incredibly insightful. And I would add one thing too. think about your target audience and think about where they are. Um, if you're targeting businesses, maybe LinkedIn is a better place to start. If you're targeting consumers, then maybe Facebook or, or Instagram. So um, that's, that's just one thing I would add to that. But yeah, I completely agree. Um, and they're all different. Uh, I know I fall into the to the trap of just posting the same thing everywhere, because it's so much easier. Um, I just create a piece of content and I just plop it on everything. Um, (laughs) so I, I definitely need to do better about that personally. Um, another question that I would have for you is a strategy when it comes to content marketing. Uh, I think too often people just go on and they promote, 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 promote. Um, but I know that there's a lot of value in just providing tips and providing knowledge. Um, what's the perfect sweet spot between selling and just giving, giving away things for free? Yeah, I love that. No, and, and I've, I've kind of had an interesting journey with this because at first, especially being an agent, every post you make, you're asking people, Hey, do you need to buy a house? Do you need to buy a house? Do you need to sell your house? Do you know someone that's buy a house? Like, do you have a referral? Do you have a house? Do you rent? Like uh-huh. all the time. And they, they train you to do that. And so you have to go out and you have to just ask everybody if they want to do something in real estate. But every agent does that. So if yeah. you, and, and I challenge anyone in, that is listening to this, go on Facebook or wherever you want and search up agents. And here's what you're going to see. You're, you're going to see pictures of closings. You're going to see listings and you're going to see them asking for referrals. That's all you're going to see. And so one of the strategies that I tried to use because I knew that I needed people to trust me one and I didn't have any closing. So it wasn't like, and I didn't have a lot of listings, so I couldn't really share anything. The only thing I could share was if I had a showing, if a, if a client asked me a question, I could share that. And so what I found is that when you try to provide value, you don't have to do much selling. Uh, you know, I get DMs from people that want to buy a home all the time, like weekly, like all the time because of the value that I've tried to put out. So if you go through my feed, you'll never see me ask for anything. You'll never see me ask for a referral or ask someone if they own their home. So, but it's really hard to do because at first you feel like 
you're you're doing it wrong because you're not asking. But what I found is that if you just provide value consistently, the people that are interested, I mean, they know. Like they know that they can reach out to you. They know that you're in real estate. So they know what to do if they need you. But if you're always asking, it kind of ruins it because nobody likes to be sold. You don't like to be yep. sold. I don't like to be sold. And so nobody likes to be badgered for referrals. And so uh, one of the, the tips that I give my agents is never market to somebody else in a way that you wouldn't want to be marketed to. And all the people that I follow, I follow them because they provide value, not because they ask me for stuff. Yeah, a thousand percent. And and one of the things that I think is interesting is you would think that it would be the opposite. A lot of times I talk to people and they say, well, I can't give this stuff away for free. Like, this is what I do, especially like co- coaches and consultants. They're like, well, my job is giving knowledge to people. I can't yeah. just give it away for free. And I said, well, yes, you can, <laughs> because if you give it away for free, that will build the following, that will build the trust, that will build the brand affinity. But then people always want it personalized. People always want to reach out to you and say, hey, what would you do in this very specific situation, in my situation? And that's where, especially if you're more on the co- coaching or consulting side of things, I say give it all away for free. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm a little extreme there, but in my opinion, no, just I, give it all I away and, and you will be surprised at how much comes back to you. Yeah, no, it's crazy. I was actually, uh, I was coaching a mechanic shop. A buddy of mine owns a mechanic shop and he was having trouble with his Facebook marketing because all he would do was post the cars that he had on his lot. And so, uh, and he had, so he sold cars and then he had a mechanic shop on the side. And so in one of the consultations that we had, the idea that I gave him was you should make videos showing people how to fix their own cars so they don't have to use you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what? I was like, yeah, make, make a video series, show people how to change a tire, how to change their oil, how to, you know, just common things about cars, how to change out a filter. And if you do that, what's going to happen is when you give that value, number one, people learn that you know how to do it. Yeah. You tell them how to do it, but then they're not going to want to do it. So they're going to reach out to you because now they know that you do know how to do it. And so but initially he's like, how, what? Like, that makes no sense. Why would I show people how to do the very thing that I need them to pay me to do? Yep. But, you know, I think that the idea is to build trust again, because nobody wants to switch out a filter. So if I see a video of someone that knows how to do it, I'm going to take my car there instead of doing it myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It builds a lot of trust and authority because you're literally proving to them that you are knowledgeable in that space and that you're an expert. So I I love that so much. So another question that I have for you then is we're creating this value. How do you actually get people to find that content? I know that I've had that problem where I post like my, the most awesome post that I've ever had. And then it's just crickets and nobody's engaging. Nobody's watching it. How do I actually get people to start engaging with my content? Yeah, no, I love it. I think that this that you're doing is is key. So when you do collaborations, now it's not just your audience, but you're bringing someone else in that has their audience and when they share it, that can that that can help it grow. But the main thing is ads, you know, and whenever I talk to agents, the number one thing that that they fail at doing is they don't have an ad budget. So when I ask them, hey, how much are you spending on ads? The answer is always zero. It's either zero or it's, well, I spent like 20 bucks last month and or like I ran one ad and like it was okay. But again, you have, you have to buy in. So because organic reach is so low, there's different stats depending on which website you use. But, you know, stats say 
the number of followers that you have or friends that you have, anywhere between one and 3% of those people are actually seeing your posts on their feed. So if you have a hundred friends and you post, a hundred people aren't seeing that post. It's only one to three, maybe five. Uh, so sometimes people get confused of why they're not getting traction. And the reason is nobody's seeing your post. The way you can get people to see it is through running ads. And you can do it two ways. When you go in, if, I'm going to use Facebook as the example because to me it's the best product. So when you run ads on Facebook, let's say you you have a business page and the business page has a thousand followers. In the same way, not all thousand followers are going to see your post when you post it. But Facebook allows you to run ads specifically to the people that follow your page. And it's very cheap. It's the cheapest ad product. So you can run ads there for very little cost. And then you have to run ads to your community, to whether it's local, whether it's nationwide or worldwide, to the people that are interested in business, in cooking, and whatever it is. But you have to have some sort of budget to run your ads because if not, the algorithm is just going to eat you alive. The numbers aren't there. And such a small percentage of people are, are seeing your stuff that uh, it's not, it's not going to work. Once you have traction... If nobody's engaging, if you see that you have views but nothing's happening, then your content might just not be good. But at the outset, most people just they, – they, they assume that because they have 500 friends, 500 friends are seeing their stuff and the algorithm just isn't like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so what would you recommend um, – would be a good starting point for ads. Um, is there a minimum budget that you think is needed? Uh, just whatever you have. You know, I remember when I first started boosting videos, I'd boost them for a dollar a day, you know, mm -hmm. and I would try to do one every day and I would put five bucks behind a video, just boosted in my local community. Uh, I would do, sometimes I would do it by, by area. So I do like 10 miles around my office or 20 miles around my office. Or if I, if there was a listing, five miles around the listing. So, but as far as money goes, it would just be like a dollar a day. And then I went up to $2 a day and it just kind of goes up. So uh, whatever you have, you know, honestly, as much as you can put in, because there is a learning curve to it. So I recommend starting small because if you throw a thousand bucks at a video and you either, if you don't know how to target or you don't know, then you're burning money, mm -hmm. but you can start with as little as a dollar a day and just test it and you can test different, different ad products, different, different pieces of content. Uh, and that's where you really get kind of into the weeds. You know, for example, if you're going to run an ad on this podcast, you can run an ad on entrepreneurs at a certain demographic, certain age group, then you can change the copy and then run another ad to older people. So there's so much that you can do that it can get overwhelming. But in my opinion, depending on what, whatever business you have, start small, a dollar a day, $2 a day to the people that could be interested in your business and then build from there. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Another question then. So if you're, if you're getting into the content marketing space, how do you measure the ROI and how do you know if, if what you're doing is actually making an impact on your business? Yeah, no, great, great question. Uh, do you have sales, right? Is, is, are those videos, are those podcasts leading to other opportunities? So in my case, I track if I have a video, how many people watched the video? How many DMs did I get? And then when I, when I get leads, I always ask, where did you find me? Did you find me on Facebook? Did you find me on Instagram? Where did you find me? And so you keep track of where your prospects are coming from. And then obviously how much 
money those prospects mean to your business. In real estate, uh, it's easier because every deal that you close is worth a large amount of, of commission. And so uh-huh. the ROI is there, but you have to be even more careful when you have a business that has way smaller margins or you're just selling a product mm-hmm. to really track that. So that that is a great point. Um, so I, I would just take you know, how much I spent. So let's say I, I spent $100 this month. Did my business make a hundred more dollars? Did we lose money? Did I make two hundred more dollars? Mm-hmm. And then you can kind of see, and you have to find a way to to track where people are finding you, whether that's conversations started through DM, whether that's comments, whether you're reaching out, or someone just you know called you because they saw you on social. It's important for you to know that they saw you on social, so that then you know you can kind of track that. But that that is a a, a critical component of this. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you, Tony. Um. So I also know that you are actually one of the leaders in a Utah podcast coalition. Um, and so I'd like to talk a little bit about podcasting before we reach the end of the interview. Um, personally, I'm very, very biased, but I just love podcasts. And I think that podcasts are an incredible way to build trust and authority. Um, but I just want to hear your thoughts. Um, how do you feel about podcasts as a tool for content marketing? I love it. I love it because I think number one, it, it, it allows you to create a safe space where you can, you can just talk. People are listening to podcasts more and more and it's a passive consumption. When you watch a video, you have to watch the video. When you listen to a podcast, you can be driving, you can be working out, you can just have your AirPods in and cooking. There's, you can listen to it whenever. So I think it's a great tool. And part of this podcast coalition, the reason why we started it was there's a concept called the high school party concept, which you may have heard of this before, but just for the audience, if you guys remember back in high school, maybe you were a cool kid, maybe you weren't a cool kid, but there was always that group of cool kids in school that everybody wanted to hang out with. And so let's say you weren't a cool kid and all of a sudden your parents go, go, out of town and you throw the coolest party of the year and the cool kids come to your party. Well, now you're a cool kid too, right? Now the next day they invite you over to their table, you get their numbers. Now you're hanging out with the cool kids. So podcasting is kind of the same, the same idea. At least that that's what it's been for me. I've been able to just invite the cool kids over to my party slash podcast and they show up and they're like, Hey, this is kind of cool. And so over time you become a cool kid. You're a cool kid. Cause you know, I'm like, I want to talk to this guy. Um, so, uh, podcasting is an extraordinary tool and also because it allows you to access other people's communities that you otherwise wouldn't have access to. Yeah, it's it's an incredible networking tool. One of the things that I say all the time is even if my podcast got zero listeners, which it doesn't, which is great, <laughs> but even if it did, yeah. I would still do it just because it gives me, me so much value being able to interview other people and learn from them. Like, for example, in this interview, Tony, I've learned so much and uh, there's so many things that I'm going to go and tweak and adjust in my own content marketing because <laughs> of what I've learned from you. And so I just I think it's such a valuable tool. And then of course the added benefit of people do listen and people get to know you and people get to trust you. And they literally have you talking in their ear for, for hours at a time. And that is a huge, huge trust builder. I trust some of the hosts of the podcast I listen to more than a lot of, a lot of people that I know in the real world, (laughs) Um, just because I spent so much time with them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So, Tell, tell me a little bit about your podcast then. Um, I think that especially because obviously the people listening to this are podcast listeners, they should probably definitely go check you out. 
Sure. Yeah. My podcast just started as me ripping the audio of the videos that I was making. And so I was just uh-huh. answering questions and it was just the audio of me answering those questions. Then we kind of went to more of a long form show. It was a and a Q&A show called the Ask Tony show where I took business questions, real estate questions, personal development questions, and it was just the audio uh, stripped from that. And so now it's kind of transitioned more into interviews, into you know hitting different topics, which I've really enjoyed. I wish I would have started interviews before mm-hmm. because it's allowed me to talk about different things versus just real estate. But you know, you're gonna get a good mix. I have a series on there called The Core Four, which you know I talk about the uh, kind of tips for success from successful people. Conor McGregor, Walt Disney, Michael Jordan, Alex Morgan. So just, you know, athletes, celebrities, just me studying their content because I love autobiographies. It's just uh, the core four series of what they have said, what they have used. And so I try to really mix it up. I try to have, you're going to have some really nerdy episodes, very tactical real estate, but then you're going to have me talking about Disney for five minutes. And then you're going to have <laughs> me bring a guest in and we're going to talk about politics. Like I try to have a good mix, but the idea is, to just, as you mentioned, have have a space where we can we can share our thoughts, we can try to provide value, connect with cool people, and hopefully uh, make a difference in the lives of, of of our listeners. Awesome, yeah, I'll definitely go and check that out. Um, Ask Tony Show, then is that what it's called? Yes, the Ask Tony Show on Spotify, uh, on on Apple, anywhere. Very cool, very cool. Another thing that I've kind of realized in this in the podcasting space and. When I first got started, I thought one of the hardest thing would be finding guests, but I found that it's actually quite simple and quite easy because people like to talk about themselves and people like to come on podcasts. And so I've actually found that it's really not that hard to find guests for your show and high quality guests at that. So if you're interested and that's something that worries you, don't, don't worry about that. It's not too hard. Just reach out and people will be people will be lining up to be on your show. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But you said the key, you got to ask, right? Mm-hmm. And for sure, you know, a lot of people are, they're scared to ask because they, they're afraid they're going to get a no, but it's cool. I mean, it feels cool to be on a podcast, to be asked on a podcast. It's, it feels nice. And so people, people get a high off of it. So absolutely just ask <laughs> people if they want to be on, on your show. And most people are going to say yes. And uh, it's great. Awesome. Cool. Well, is there anything that we haven't talked about when it comes to content marketing or marketing in general or branding that you think we ought to, we ought to cover before we kind of wrap things up here? Um, I mean, I think just, just the main thing is get started, commit to it, learn the tools, definitely learn the tools. I mean, you're, you're going to spend five hours watching YouTube videos on whatever platform you want to to blow up on. So my recommendation is to do the work and just study. If you want to do TikTok, watch videos on how to make good TikToks, like really educate yourself, learn the ad products and be consistent. If you're consistent and you're good at what you do, you'll win. It's only a matter of time. But if you're not consistent, like you said, if you get, what did, what did you call it? Pod fade? <laughs> pod fade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you get, if you get pod fade or video fade or article fade, it's, it's never going to work and you're always going to find yourself starting over. And that's very frustrating. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Tony. And where can people find you if they want to learn a little bit more about content marketing or get some advice on growing their social media or whatever? How can yeah, they reach sure. out to you? Yeah, no, thank you so much. You guys can find me on Instagram underscore, uh, Tony V. Letter V, V is in Valentine, and the and the the number two, 
So at underscore Tony V2, you can find me on Facebook too. But yeah, for sure. Uh, I have a content marketing course, a little mini course that I have for free. If anybody wants to uh, jump on that, shoot me a DM on Instagram. I'd be more than happy. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Tony. I have learned a lot and I can't wait to share this episode. So thank you so much. For sure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to TrustCast. This podcast has been a production of JMH Media. I'm Jacob Harmon, and I've been your host. The TrustCast podcast team consists of Josh Harmon and Steve Hill. I really couldn't do this without them. Music licensing comes thanks to Epidemic Sound. And if you've liked what you've heard, we invite you to subscribe to TrustCast in your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help. Join us next time as we continue to break through the noise by building real human connections and trust in business. See you then.